Okay, um, so we are gonna wrap up our um, Made to Play series with our fourth message in this series, our fourth Made to Play message. And the whole point of this series is that there are no spectators in our faith. We are all called to be in the game, to play. We all have a role to play. And together we're gonna learn we can't lose. Together we can't lose. You hear me on this? Okay, talk about clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. We can't lose together. And that's what we're gonna learn today. And I think that's so important because sometimes we're like, oh, you just need those really star players. Like, man, we need another Billy Graham. We need another Tim Keller uh, for Christianity to really um, uh, change our world. Like, no, 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 it's together, we can't lose. And I remember this, if you can rewind a few years um, in Broncos history when we were actually good. if you remember back in, in 2013, when there was perhaps one of the, the greatest free agent football players, uh, quarterbacks ever available by the name of Peyton Manning, John Elway snagged him, but I loved what he said in the press conference right when they got Peyton Manning. He's like, this guarantees us nothing except the chance to work harder. Because even in that season, it started a little rocky, but, but the Broncos got, got better throughout the season, but they still lost in the playoffs. Remember that? And then the next season was one of the greatest seasons of a quarterback ever. Do you remember this? Peyton Manning set in record after record, 55 touchdowns, almost 5,500 yards, a fifth MVP for this guy. Wow, that's incredible. Like you can't get better as a player, right? And yet they still lost in the playoffs, right? So the Broncos are like, okay, actually we need more than just a good quarterback. They recruited a bunch of free agent defensive players. Remember that? DeMarcus Ware, Aqib Tlaib, and and we got better. And yet they still were working as a team. And then finally, if you remember the fateful season that we thought, okay, finally we're gonna put it together. We got a full team and Peyton Manning goes down. Do you remember this? Got a foot injury and was like, oh my gosh, it's over. There goes the season. But six games later, Peyton Manning came back, but he wasn't himself. In fact, throughout the playoffs, people were like writing him off. Is he done? Is he over? And yet somehow we kept winning and winning. And in the Super Bowl, you may remember it wasn't Peyton Manning who was the star, but it was the defense, particularly Vaughn Miller, the linebacker coming around. You remember twice grabbing that football out of Cam Newton's hand as he was about to throw it, leading to touchdowns and the Broncos winning. And I love that the uh, MVP for that uh, Super Bowl 50 went to Vaughn Miller, not to Peyton Manning. Because it's not just one person who wins a a game, is it? To win a championship takes an entire team. It takes every single one of us. And that's why when in this series that we're learning made to play, every single one of us matters. I talked to somebody who was serving for the first time uh, uh, and they were like, yeah, Matt, your, your series really got to me. I better start serving. And I love that because that's the heart we all need. Hey, we all gotta step up. We're all in the game. We are all made to play because together we can't lose. Together we can't lose. So in this series, we have learned that you belong on the team. Pastor Sawyer taught us to be the MVP because the most valuable player is the player who makes the most players valuable. It's about making other people valuable. And then last week we learned, starting to learn about the spiritual gifts because we are all to do our job. We all have a job to play and we learned about the first seven spiritual gifts. We also had a special test that we put together for you guys. Hopefully, I know a lot of you took that test, but if you didn't, there's a link in the YouVersion Bible app or, or on our website, arisedenver.com slash test. Don't take it right now because it does take a while as you guys discovered last week, but take that test. That's a good starting point to discover your spiritual gifts. 
Because if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit has come inside of you and has gifted you with, with special, um, these gifts that God can use for incredible things. And those tests can be helpful, like, hey, is this mine? And you talk with your community group, you talk with your family members, people who know you, and, and you might have gotten it right from the spiritual gifts test and maybe not. But it's a good starting point so you can understand what your gifts are. So we learned about the first seven gifts last week. So you can go back if you missed that message at arisedenver.com slash media. We have audio, video, and transcripts of every message. But today we are going to cover 10 more spiritual gifts. And I think it's so important. So we're gonna move from Romans. We were in Romans 12 for last week's message. We're gonna be in 1 Corinthians 12 today. So open up your Bibles there. If you have a smartphone, use that YouVersion Bible app and find the Arise Church Denver event. Save it right there on your phone. And in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul writes again extensively on the spiritual gifts. That's basically chapters 12, 13, and 14, if you wanna go deeper, are about. And in chapter 12, verse four, the apostle Paul writes this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Verse seven, he says, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Do you guys get that? For the common good. Good. So uh, if I could summarize the teaching of this passage, it would be this. You ready for this? God gives you gifts for our good. God gives you gifts for our good. And God works through those gifts that he gives you for all of our good. Do you see, notice the pronouns, your to our? He gives you specifically, you individually, at least one spiritual gift, likely more, and those are given for our good. Two things that are crucial here before we can go on to these next 10 gifts. One, it's God who's working. Did you notice that? It's God who's working. You might have the gift, but God is the one who's working through you. So don't forget that because we get so prideful. Look, look what I can do. Look how much people I've helped. Look how much money I've given away. I have the gift of generosity. No, it's God working through you. You are just like the cord, okay? You're the cable you plug in your device into the wall. Okay, the cable is not the source of the power. It's not, it plugs into the power grid <laughs> and it's from there you get the power and then you plug in the device, okay? And that's the other people around you. You're just the cable, okay? Don't think too highly of yourself. You are just the cord for God's power to pass through you. And the second thing you notice from that is it's for our good. Did you notice how it said everything is for the common good? This is for the common good. Our gifts are not so that you can feel special, you can feel great, it's so that you can build others up. And that's why we're trying to unleash you in this series that you were made to play. You were made to serve others, to build others up, to give, to love, to do all those things for other people. And we are at our best and we will win when we stick together. Together we can't lose. Together we can't lose. So. You guys ready to go through some of these gifts? Yes, okay. Let's keep going with, with gifts. So this is gift number eight, if you guys are taking notes, if you're carrying on from last week. The first one for today, and it is the gift of wisdom. 
So wisdom, as I would define it, is supplying insight to difficult circumstances. Wisdom is supplying insight to difficult circumstances. In our verse, if you continue reading in verse eight in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says, to one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by the same spirit. Now in our test, we, we combine those two. I, uh, I, I dove in a lot to figure out what's the difference between mis- wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom might be understanding for a particular s- situation. Knowledge might be just uh, information that, that God gives you. Um, but we combine those because there's a lot of overlap between those two. And if you're like, hey, Matt, I have the gift of knowledge, not wisdom, great. Praise God, I'm glad you have that gift. Let's use it. Um, but, but with wisdom, it's like an insight to know things. You might have this gift if people are frequently coming to you for advice and the advice you give, you're like, I don't even know the circumstance, but you can speak and it makes sense to that person and they pl- apply it and it works. Okay, if you're giving everybody advice and it doesn't work, okay, that's a different story. You might not have that gift. Okay, it's actually gotta work. Jesus, of course, displayed the gift of wisdom. He knew when to leave a certain village and when to go into Jerusalem, when to avoid going into Jerusalem. He just knew about circumstances and how to handle them. Also in the New Testament, there are people like Jesus' brother James, who I think displayed a lot of wisdom as the Jews and the Gentiles who had come to Christ were kind of fighting between them. James stands up and he's like, hey, I know the solution. And boom, he has a solution to this problem that's divided these people and causing conflict. And you might be like that. If you have the gift of wisdom, it is so beneficial. People will often say things to you like, you have wisdom beyond your years or you have wisdom that, that doesn't even make sense. Your experience is in a different area, but you just know. When, when you talk with people and they're like, this is so confusing, so complex, and you can see clearly what the solution is, you might have the gift of wisdom. And this is something from God. Knowledge would be likewise, that you just know some information, sometimes even that doesn't even make sense, and you can speak into someone's life with that. If you have this gift, use it, okay? We need more wisdom, don't we? And like we've talked about with a lot of the gifts, you might be like, hey, aren't we all supposed to grow in wisdom? Yes, and in fact, wisdom, it tells us in the Proverbs, is so valuable that you should seek it with your life. It's, it's the most valuable thing that you can go after. And yet some people have like a, a wisdom that doesn't even make sense. That's a supernatural gift that comes with it. So if you have this gift, use it. <laughs> use it in the church, talk to people, get to know people. You need to have relationships with people so you can speak that wisdom into their lives. So I would recommend being in a community group and in particular being a community group leader because you can hear people and, and speak into their lives. Another great way to apply this is with our WizKids ministry. We have a mentoring ministry here on Wednesday nights where we mentor some of the local kids who come into our church building and we can pour into them and talk to them about Jesus. What a great opportunity to share your wisdom with the next generation. And really any next gen ministry might be good, okay? These teenagers need some wisdom too, okay? So wisdom, that's our eighth spiritual gift. The ninth one is faith, the gift of of faith. I would define faith as possessing a strong confidence in God's power. It's a strong confidence. Now we should all have confidence, but the people that have the gift of faith, it just, like they have no doubts. They have no questions. People around them are like, why are you so calm in this situation? Because you have the gift of faith. Now we all need faith. This is not saving faith because we know that you have to believe in Jesus Christ. You have to have faith to be saved, but this is that extra supernatural faith, uh, especially, I think, in difficult circumstances or for believing God for big things. People that have the gift of faith often pray and dream bigger than the rest of us. And then they see those things happen. They're like, yeah, I knew it was gonna happen. You're like, what? That didn't make sense to anybody. 
unless you have the gift of faith. Someone on our team that has this is Jackie Mudd. Uh, I have seen her go through some really difficult circumstances in our church and she just continues to have a faith in God and I'm blown away by it. I was like, I want some of that faith. So, so the gift of faith is important. Jesus showed this faith. Of course, he believed God uh, for miracles, turning water into wine, these big things to happen. Even as he was on trial, he had a peace and calm as he stood before Pontius Pilate who held his life in his hands because he had the faith to know, even if I die, God will do something bigger through this. Faith is such a powerful gift. And in the church, I would encourage you, if you have this gift, lend your faith to others. Lend your faith to others. There are other people going through difficult circumstances and they might need you to just be there. You, you, like your presence brings a gift to them because you're like, no, I got, God's got this. He'll, he'll get through this. And so a, a great place that you might wanna serve a, a team in our church is on the prayer team. Okay, there are people going through some hard things and if you can pray for them, believe big things, ask God for enormous things, that gift of faith can be so powerful to them. Uh, so, so use that gift of faith. We need it. We need it. The next gift that we're gonna cover, the 10th gift is the gift of healing. The gift of healing. And healing is displaying compassion toward the sick to pray and see them healed. It's a compassion, so there's a heart level here. And then you're praying and, and seeing God heal people. Now in our passage, it says, um, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit. In the English, the word healing is singular, but in the Greek, this is the only gift that's actually plural. This is interesting. It says the gifts of healings. Now, this is my interpretation. So let's hold it a little lightly. What I would say is that if you have the gift of healing, that doesn't mean every person you pray for gets healed. It's healings because I think God works in these moments in time and does provide some healing. It might not be every time. Does that make sense? But it's multiple times. So if you have prayed for people and seen people healed and it doesn't make sense, the doctors are like, hey, I, I don't get it. The scan last week showed cancer and now it doesn't. If you've seen that happen, you might have the gift of healing. People with this gift often gravitate towards the medical field or, or to be therapists. And, yet they, and then they see more of their patients being healed. I've talked to some of you as nurses and doctors, we got a lot in our church, and you pray for every single patient. Praise God. I think there's way better outcomes at our hospitals because you are probably praying. Who knows what's supernatural and who knows what's science? God works through both of those means. Of course, Jesus displayed the gift of healing as he healed so many people throughout his ministry. People left and right were coming to him to be healed. And you also see this in the early church. It's not just the miracles of Jesus, but you see Peter and, and John, as they're praying for the lame man beside the pool and he is healed, he can walk all of a sudden. And, and I know that there are some people who interpret this and they're saying, hey, aren't those, those crazy supernatural gifts? Didn't they like stop in, in like the first century? They were just the signs at the beginning. But I would argue that there is no place in the Bible that gives an, a clear indication that any of these gifts ever stopped. So there's the gift of healing. And if you noticed in our passage too, it said to another healing by that one spirit and in verse 10, to another miraculous powers. We combine this for our test because miraculous powers, that's pretty vague. Like what is this? Is it like water into wine? Is that kind of miracle? Is this casting out demons? I don't know. Could you add some other miraculous things that are happening? Dreams, visions, I don't know. But there are supernatural things God does. So if you have that gift, come and tell me. I would love to know 
more about the miraculous things that God does. I do know someone who has prayed for people that are spiritually tormented and demons seem to be cast out. I know this person personally, so I'm like, okay, maybe that's their spiritual gift. That the supernatural world still exists and we still need help with these things. So if you have the gift of healing, please pray for people. You should join the prayer team. You should be part of the welcome team maybe. Maybe when you hear about someone in the hospital, you should be the first one there. Okay, I don't have the gift of healing. So everybody who wants the pastor to come, like that might be, not, might be the best person to come, right? It might be you. You should be the first one at the hospital. You should be the first one bringing a meal as part of the meal train ministry to see people who are sick to pray for them. Because if God chooses in that moment to, to do one of those miracles, wouldn't that be cool to be a part of it? To see God's power work through you. So that's the gift of healing. Um, the next gift, our 11th one, is the gift of discernment. The gift of discernment would be distinguishing between the Holy Spirit and other influences. So this can be the world, the flesh, or the devil as these other influences. Okay, discernment is not wisdom. Sometimes we define it that way in, in our modern English, but according to the Bible, it's distinguishing these spirits. We see this in the passage, if you continue, in verse 10, it says, to, to another distinguishing between spirits. Someone with this gift will meet someone for the first time and they'll say, something's off about this person. Doesn't make sense, but something's off. Or something even off just right now in this situation. It's not always like one person's the devil, okay? Because even Jesus, who had this gift, he could tell if somebody was demon-possessed or not. But then when Peter said something, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Okay, Peter was his top leader, became the top leader of the church. He wasn't Satan all the time. But in that moment, what he was saying was demonic. And if you have the gift of discernment, you can tell in those situations. Um, uh, this is an important gift. I believe that Melissa, my wife, has this gift. And that's why I involve her in all of my hiring here at the church. She interviews everyone. And we've got some great staff now. We've got some great staff because, yes, <laughs> Sam's giving us <laughs> a hand. We, we have some great staff here because Melissa has, has a better gift of discernment than I do. She can tell, hey, something's off about that person. And over and over again, she's proved right, so I'm gonna trust her. I'm gonna trust her gift on this. If you have this gift, please use it in the church wherever you can. Um, one great way that you can use this gift is through our safety team. And in particular, if you wanna be on our safety team, we have a rigid standard to be on our safety team, the people that keep us safe. So start on parking team. That's part of our safety team. You can start in the parking lot because actually what they tell me is most incidents that happen at a church happen in the parking lot and can be um, stopped before it ever comes into an auditorium or anything like that. So if you are saying, hey, I might have this gift, we need people in the parking team and we just need that anyways, but that's a good way to start and get in with the safety team, okay? So that's the gift of discernment. The 12th gift that we'll cover today is the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues. Uh, here's the weird one. Okay, <laughs> tongues. Tongues is prayer spoken in syllables not understood by the speaker. Syllables not understood by the speaker. And here in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, um, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another the interpretation of tongues. And then in, in chapter 14, verse 13, um, if we can look at that verse as well, um, this is talking about interpretation. It says, for this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. Okay, so th this is important. So tongues, the first time it happens in the scriptures is at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes on them and all these guys who were, um, you know, Hebrews all of a sudden start speaking in all these different languages that they don't actually know. 
but the language they're speaking is the language that somebody else can understand. So that's the thing. Some people say, well, it's a real language. There's also a hint that Paul talks about in the, in the tongues of angels. So there are some supernatural spiritual languages perhaps as well. It's just a language you don't understand that you speak in. Um, so <clears throat> often it, it could be those like speaking in a, a foreign language in a circumstance that doesn't really make sense or understanding a foreign language that, that I've heard of people having that experience, but it could also be a prayer language. If you have this language, when you pray, you don't understand what you're saying, but you have a deep spiritual connection with your Father in heaven. It's just this powerful thing. We have some people in our church that have this gift. And um, if you have that, it is a strong spiritual connection. What I would say about this, this is probably the one gift that is not explicitly described that Jesus has this gift. Okay, that's the one spiritual gift that it doesn't say anything. Maybe he had it, we just don't know. Maybe it was his private prayer life. But maybe it's just the gift that came at Pentecost. Okay, that was that first time that gift emerged. And that happened, of course, after Jesus ascended into heaven. So he wasn't here to practice it. Um, if you have this gift, it, it does teach us pretty clearly in chapter 14 that this is the weirdest gift and scares people off. Some of you, even as I'm talking, are like, what a weirdo. Tongues, are, are we one of those crazy holy rollers, church? okay. I'm saying this is, is a biblical thing, so I'm gonna teach from the Bible on this. But what I would say is if you have this gift, we encourage you to practice this in private. And if it is public at all, it should also be accompanied by interpretation, which might be a separate gift or for some people that they come combined. I've had people who, who have both of them and, and really kind people, pastors will say, hey, Matt, is it okay if I pray in tongues? I'm like, sure, I, like I've, I'm over it. You won't weird me out. I've seen crazier stuff. And then they will also interpret it. So I've been in, in uh, situations where people will pray in a, in a language that doesn't make any sense to me and then interpret it. Uh, so in the same way, if you have this gift, we encourage you to pray privately, use it. Like what a cool gift that you have. Um, use it perhaps in your community group once people get to know you a little bit. Hey guys, this is okay. Or, or on the prayer team, this is a great way to serve if you have this gift. So that's the gift of tongues and interpretation. Chapter 13, or I'm sorry, chapter 13. We're in chapter 12 still. Um, we are on our 13th gift, which is apostleship. Apostleship. And apostleship is the planting and establishing of new churches and ministries in new environments. Continuing on in chapter 12, in verse 28, Paul says, and God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles. First of all, apostles. Now the word apostle means one who is sent out. This is a lower A apostle, lowercase a. The uppercase A apostle would of course been those first 12 disciples, the 12 apostles. And then Paul comes along also and is added to that number because these are the people who are witnesses of the resurrection. That's capital A that will not be repeated. But a lowercase A apostle is someone who is also sent out. And these people are like the entrepreneurs of the Christian world. They start new things. They get new things off the ground. And Jesus, of course, had this because he was sent by the Father. But then Paul, of course, is the most famous one, planting church after church after church. And within just like six months, he's planted a church that would last for generations. It's impressive. Someone who you all might know that I believe has this gift is Beth Ann Erickson. She was a member of our church and then started going on some go trips to Estonia, felt a call to become a missionary, to start something new in a country that's very, very unchurched. And then while she was there, she met some young ladies and they started cooking together. And through that, a ministry was born, the cooking group. She got a vision for that and she started and bought this apartment during the pandemic 
raised enough money to, to buy an apartment there so that cooking ministries could continue. There are now 10 different groups meeting in this one building, and 11 different leaders. And the greatest thing was is that two years ago, Beth Ann came off the mission field and it's still going. And guess what? Just last month, she is now a teacher in Florida after seven years on the mission field. And um, she's like, hey, we need ministry in this school and started a Young Life Club in her middle school. Who does that except somebody who has the gift of starting something new? And that's the gift of apostleship. So if you have this gift, I would encourage you to go on a go trip. Do you get involved in some of our outreach ministries. Maybe plan some events for the different ministries in our church because that's a good way to get started. When people have new ideas, we actually have a philosophy here. It's called tag your it. Okay, tag your it. But I would say this as a word of caution, even Paul brought along Barnabas and Silas and Timothy. He never did anything on his own. I think because he knew he didn't have the gift of administration. He needed someone else to establish it and run it and make it keep going because too many people start things and then they fail because nobody continues it on. So if you have that apostleship, make sure you have some partners and a team around you to make those things happen. And then maybe you will be a missionary too. Maybe you will plant a church. Come talk with me afterwards. We would love to send you out because we believe in a multiplication mindset here. It's apostleship. Our 14th gift. Let's keep going. Evangelism. Evangelism. To this, we have to jump to the book of Ephesians, but in Ephesians 4.11, we read this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. The word evangelist is someone who shares their faith. So I would define evangelism as this, if we have that definition, if we can pull that back up. Evangelism is, is communicating the gospel clearly and effectively to the lost. This can be personally so that when you talk to people, when you invite them to church, all of a sudden, somebody who's an atheist wants to come. Somebody is open to faith when people have tried for years and then all of a sudden you are the one who, who makes that connection. It can also be like what I do in, in front of groups. Okay, here's a little bonus point for some of you who've heard, learned spiritual gifts before. Figure out where God has combined two or three of your spiritual gifts. That's what I've discovered. I, I didn't actually think I had the gift of evangelism because I wasn't very good at one-on-one -on -one evangelism. But then when I combined it with teaching, which is my second, one of my other gifts, that God has done some incredible work here in our church because I've been teaching God's word and evangelizing and putting them together, boom, something happens there. So evangelism is a really cool gift. Of course, Jesus had this, people flocked to him. 12 disciples were willing to give up their careers, their families to follow him. Thousands wanted to hear from him, what a gift. And there are people today who have this gift. And if you have it, invite people to church, share your faith, learn tools, study, learn God's word, learn some apologetics so you can answer questions uh, when people have them. And then keep evangelizing. Man, this is, I think, one of the needs of the hour for people to actually unleash the gift of evangelism if they have it. That's our 14th one. The 15th gift is the gift of shepherding. The gift of shepherding. And I would say shepherding is leading, feeding, and caring for groups of people. In Ephesians 4.11, you already saw that verse where it said that Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the, sh the pastors, and teachers. The word pastor is the same word as shepherd. They mean the same thing. Shepherd, pastor, pastor, shepherd. It means overseeing a group of people, just like a shepherd would oversee a group of sheep. Jesus had this as he took his 12 disciples with him, as he... Uh, long to wrap up the city of Jerusalem in his arms. Somebody with the gift of shepherding would be like Timothy or Titus in the Bible. Peter, who loved caring for people, knew what was going on in their lives, loved them, wanted to lift them up. 
It's a very relational ministry. You might uh, wanna use this gift in a community group. If you have this gift, we need more community group leaders. Our church is growing. We're gonna need more leaders. This is a great way to shepherd a group. You can also do it in our next gen ministries. We have small groups on Wednesday nights for turbulence, for student ministry. You, you stick with the same high school boys or the same middle school girls for the entire year. What a way to shepherd a group of people and care for them spiritually. The 16th gift, okay? This is where we, we get in. The, these next two, I think, are spiritual gifts, but they may be sub-gifts of some other ones, if you guys are okay with that. This 16th one is the gift of craftsmanship. It's not actually listed in the New Testament, but this is how I would describe craftsmanship, is using creativity and skill to create things for God's glory. It's creativity, it's artistic, it's working with your hands, might even be a graphic designer. Um, this is doing things for God's glory. This is actually the first thing in the entire scripture when it talks about the Holy Spirit coming on a person. It's for craftsmanship. We see this in Exodus chapter 31. The first time in the Bible, it says the Holy Spirit came on a person. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, see, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and keep reading in verse three. And I have filled him with the spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills. And then you finish out that verse Verse, or, sorry, verse four, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Pretty cool, right? The first person described that has the Holy Spirit is a blue-collar worker, okay? So if you work with your hands, God can use that for his glory. This might be, as it said, filled with wisdom, might be a subset of the gift of wisdom, but it's using those for God's glory. Jesus was a carpenter, and that was his career, so it's an important skill for the people that built the tabernacle, the temple, the Ark of the Covenant. God uses these people to, to make things for his glory. If you have this gift, you could be on our facilities team. We have stuff around here all the time that we need to build, fix, improve. Or you could be part of our production team, graphic design, videography. Like these are artistic ways that you can use these gifts for God's glory. Or even in kids ministry as you help with the crafts. Okay, that's a great way for people to connect with God. You can use your craftsmanship. That's the 16th one. And a 17th and final gift that we will cover today is the gift of musicianship. And I would define musicianship as making music to the Lord to lead others into worship, instrumental or vocal. In Ephesians chapter five, it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. And you might be like, hey, isn't that for all of us? yes. But there are certain people that are chosen by God. In 1 Chronicles 25, when David was setting up the temple for the first time, or I guess the tabernacle at the time, it says that David, together with the commanders of the army, set apart some of the sons of Asaph, Heman, and Jedithin for ministry of prophesying accompanied by the harps, lyres, and cymbals. So this might be a subset of prophecy, but it's using God's word and speaking God's word accompanied by music. There's something powerful about that. I believe that King David had this gift. Did you know even Jesus sang? It tells us on the night he was betrayed, they sang a hymn before he went out into the garden. There's even a hint in Hebrews chapter two and in Romans 15 that Jesus right now is singing in worship and might even be playing an instrument. There's a hint in Romans 15. I think that's pretty cool, right? So Jesus is our great worship leader. And if you have this gift, you might wanna try writing songs. We've written some cool songs here at Arise Church. Thank you, Sam and team. Um, writing songs, making music, 
accompanying music. You know, you can, can make it for a lot of different ways. It is a cool way to use your gift. We also need it in next-gen ministry because we're trying to get kids' worship and student ministry worship off the ground as well to, to another level. So you can use that uh, in a lot of different ways. Whew. We made it through. Yeah, you guys can give yourself a, a round of applause. We made it through. We don't often do list sermons like that, but we did. We made it through. Those are our 17 gifts. And what I would challenge you is the same challenge that Paul gave to Timothy. Fan into flame the gift God has given you. It's a spark now. Fan it into flame. Breathe on it. Make it bigger. Okay, you've got to practice. You've got to put it into practice. You've got to learn and you've got to grow because together we can't lose. But you've got to use that gift, develop it, and put it into practice in our church. And I say together we can't lose because Jesus, when he established the church in Matthew chapter 16, he said this, I will build my church. I'll build it. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We can't lose. The end has already been determined. We will win. Individuals might fall. Churches might fall. But the big C church, us, that we're a part of, will prevail. Hell can't stand against us. And that's why you need to get in the game and use your gift to serve and to love others. And we know that we'll prevail because Jesus faced hell itself on the cross, dying in your place. And he rose from the dead on the third day to show that he is triumphant, that he is greater than he that is in the world, that he is victorious and we're on his team. So we win too. Together we can't lose. Let's pray. Lord God, um, I know there's been a lot of information. Hopefully we've all learned a lot uh, of knowledge today, but I think more than that, we hope that there's transformation. Lord God, we want to have changed lives and behaviors. We wanna put into practice these gifts that you've given us. May your power flow through us so we can do something great. Lord God, you've called us to a mission to transform this world, to help more people find full, the fullest life and eternal life in you. Lord God, help us to stand together arm in arm and know that we can't lose. With eyes still closed, if you're here and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, I would tell you, you don't have one of these spiritual gifts. And even more importantly, you don't have eternal life yet. But if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. You're given new life now, a spiritual gift that you can use to build others up and you will have eternal life after you die, just like Jesus who rose from the dead. So if you want that, listen to my voice and I want you to repeat a prayer after me to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So if you're already a follower of Jesus, say this prayer out loud to give courage to somebody next to you who needs to say this prayer for the first time. Repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Save me. Forgive me. In faith, I declare, Jesus is Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Give me a gift. Help me to follow you and give my gift to others. Now with eyes closed, if anybody said that prayer for the first time, put your hand in the air on the count of three. One, two, three. Put your hand in the air if you made that decision today for the first time. And if you're online, go to risedenver.com slash follow. We had somebody last week who made a decision online. I'm so grateful for you. And I just pray, Lord God, for all those following you. Help us to follow you more faithfully, more courageously, and more boldly. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this message. I hope that it helped you. 
If you haven't yet, make sure you go to risedenver.com test to take that spiritual gifts test and find out what God is equipping you to do. And then, guys, we celebrated our 50th baptism today. That is an incredible, what an incredible year we have had so far in 2023, and there's more to come. And that's why we want you to be a part of it. So if you're newish, even if you're just checking us out online, we want to get to know you. Go to risedenver.com new. You can click the link below, fill out that new form. And then if this has touched you, please give. We are supported entirely by the giving of people like you. So go to risedenver.com give to give generously today.